Hello, and welcome to Mark My Words. Mark My Words is the only podcast produced exclusively for independent paint and hardware retailers. I'm your host, Mark Lipton. Thank you very much for listening today. Today, we have a really cool episode. It's the second of a two-part series that I did for C2. C2 is an interesting concept as a paint manufacturer. They, they stand apart from sort of the rest of the industry and, and their dealers do as well. C2 is really a brand for the uber independent. C2 is a brand for dealers that see themselves as the brand, see themselves individually as the brand or see their stores uh, individually as, or as a group if they are more than one, uh, see that as the brand rather than the manufacturer's uh, name on the label as the brand. And, and so that's an interesting point of view. And they also, uh, their origins are also different from sort of the rest of the industry. And so they have a very interesting history. Uh, you heard some of it in my last uh, episode, and, and we're here with three of their dealers now to talk a little bit of, a little bit more about the brand and where they feel they fit in the market. So let me introduce them. Uh, I'm here today with uh, Harry Adler of Adler's Design Center and Hardware in Providence, Rhode Island. Harry, how are you today? Doing great, Mark. Thanks. Terrific. And, and also with us is Greg Stebby from Walls Alive. And uh, Walls Alive is in Calgary, Alberta. That's Canada for those following along. Greg, how are you doing today? I'm delighted to be here. Terrific. And also with us is Stuart Norberg from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, which I also think is in Canada. Didn't I see you guys were just traded to Canada recently? <laughs> yeah, we don't uh, have enough people here to be <laughs> on the team. Them, so. Right, exactly. You weren't enough to earn a congressman, so we had to let you go north. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. So thank you guys all for joining me, and I'm, I'm really excited to, to follow up. We got a lot of interest in, in the first podcast that we did, and I think it's because of maybe the unusual status that C2 has in the marketplace. And so I wanted to get the conversation going with something that came up during the prep that we were doing for this. Was One of you had said, and I'm sorry, I don't recall who, but one of you had said that you see C2 as a workhorse brand, but in a designer package. Stuart, why don't you tell me a little bit about what you were thinking when, when that was said? If you've got a product that can perform very well, accepted by painters, but also a color system that designers can work with and know that it all ties in together and they can get the richness of the color, uh, they really go hand in hand. And again, you've got a product that what I look at, um, the workhorse part, not only the wall paints, but when it comes into, so if you've got painted millwork, uh, you've got people that, especially with their cabinet and trim product, I've got guys that are field applying it or in shop, extremely durable product. Uh, they love the way it flows, the way it works, has great adhesion qualities. I've got painting contractors that love it because of the way it works, but I've also got decorators or designers that they have a whole broader color spectrum, but they also know that as far as the final appearance or the look, really comes out looking good. So. And and I know that color was an interesting part of the origin of C2, if I'm not mistaken. Harry, you were there at the beginning. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how C2 got started? Because you're not that old of a company, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we're 20 years old. So, you know, that's uh, relatively young. You're right. Color was really one of the primary drivers to us deciding to move forward with something that was really in concept unlikely, which was a group of paint and decorating retailers, all independent paint and decorating retailers, hardware store, lumberyard, getting together and starting a new national brand 
that would be distributed in a different way, which was in a much more select way. But to your question, we were really trying to do color at the highest level, which was a nebulous thought when we were starting. What does that mean, do color at the highest level? And really, as we were doing the research about the viability and writing our business plan, we came across a manufacturer who had prototyped an idea of making paint chips, A, out of paint instead of lacquer or printer's ink, and B, making them much larger, like 18 by 24 inches. And we learned about that in the research phase. And, you know, Greg Sebi is on the call today with us, and I were at a trade show. And I remember looking at Greg when we learned about this, and there's the thought of having that large paint chip in our stores and marrying it with the best quality product available and marrying that with something that could sell at market prices. All of a sudden, to both of us, I could tell just by looking at Greg that this was a moment where we knew we were going to go forward with starting a new paint company. And so it was it was really the ultimate paint chip, which is, which is what we call that 18 by 24 inch paint chip, that was the initial driver. I knew I could imagine going into the best interior design offices in Providence, showing them these ultimate paint chips and knowing that it's going to knock their socks off. They'd never seen anything like it because no one had ever seen anything like it. That is as true today as it was 20 years ago. And so you guys were the first company with that oversized, what you're calling the ultimate paint chip. If I'm not mistaken of your history, you were one of the first companies in the super premium category as well. Yeah, that's true, Mark. We identified that there was a market for a really superior product. Because, you know, paint is generally 10% of the cost when you're hiring a painter. And if you go from a really high-grade product to a mid-grade to a low-grade, that price is not going to change dramatically given that 90% is labor. So there's a market for a super premium in the world of higher-end projects. I'm not talking about Tom Brady's house exclusively, not that kind of high-end, but just, you know, the more affluent clients that most of us have in our marketplace. Right. So, you, you know, that quality product that would make the painter's life more reliable, you know, with extraordinary coverage, extraordinary flow and leveling. So that for the painter, we really built the paint for painters, the color for designers, and the concept for independent retailers so they could distribute this and have it be a, a real profitable product line. And so, Greg, what is the profile of the C2 consumer? So you have other brands in your store uh, or stores that you're that you're selling. What is it that you're looking for in a consumer that makes you say, okay, this consumer is, is a C2 consumer? Well, I think as Harry pointed out, paint is truly one of the affordable luxuries in the world. You know, for somewhere between uh, 70 and $100 you can repaint an entire room and uh, and have it completely changed. So the you know I think virtually everyone can afford this particular product. It's not as if we're we're selling these products at outrageous prices. They're they, you know, they're at market prices. The dealers, I think, generally speaking, would be comfortable with um, with the pricing strategy that we've come up with for the quality of product. So I suppose. Uh, somewhat self-selected, people that go to independent paint stores, I would say are probably, 
after a somewhat different experience, perhaps they, they need more help, either with color selection or with particular product problem right. that they're experiencing. They're um, more engaged so, in the transaction. You can't argue with that. Yeah, I think so. People that want to be a bit more anonymous in the marketplace, I think, are more likely to go to a big box. <laughs> so I would say that most of the customers that come in, we rarely, let me put it this way, we rarely experience sticker shock to the extent that people don't want to buy our product, either our opening entry level product, which is C2 Studio, or our top line, which is uh, C2 Lux. Mm. And is this a brand for stores that, that deal with a lot of designers, which, because I know, Harry, that is a lot of your business, or is this a brand that can cover a wider range in a store? Uh, Greg, I'm sorry. Greg, why don't, why don't you take a hack at that one? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think that um, this really covers a wider range. If you have a design trade that is already developed in your store, this would be a brand that would be of significant interest for two reasons. First of all, the color and the quality of color that C2 offers. The tools that go along with this brand are very, very accurate. They're the equivalent, really, of factory standards. So the color chips are highly accurate to the paint that, that goes out the door. And that's of interest to designers. They don't want to have egg on their face because, you know, the, the color chip that they're making the decision based on, then the paint doesn't match the color chip and so forth. Whereas with C2, that, that overlay is, is virtually perfect. So if you already have designers, the color and the quality of the color and the tools are of significant interest. And if you want to have a store, or if you currently are are missing out on that market of the designer coming in and then specifying paint, then C2 offers a great opportunity to build upon what is your existing business, adding more of that designer component. I think Stuart has experienced that firsthand in Sioux Falls taking on C2. Is, is that correct, Stuart? Oh, yeah. And listening to what you're just saying, I want to add into it. So. You know, Mark, you'd pointed out the question was as far as a brand, and we've had this discussion over the past few weeks. Brand-wise, so if, if you're a dealer or a paint store and you're looking at adding another brand, the, the key brand is you. So first of all, you need to realize that whatever you bring in, you know, whatever other company that you bring in, they are in, the, in a lot of the controlling part of it. So if you're thinking that, bringing in another brand is going to boost your business. Your brand is you. So the first thing you need to really wrap your arms around is when you're bringing in a product or new brand, are you trying to then dilute what your store name is? So for us, Norberg Paint, am I wanting to dilute Norberg Paint down and be in less control, or do I want to be in more control? And again, going to then part where we're at is the discussion with designers or decorators Decorators don't want something that they can put out there as a color chip that the big box make. They right. want something unique. It's a package that they're pulling together. And paint is such a minimal part of it, but yet they can be so distinct or unique with bringing in C2 because you've got a color line and great product that you know you can build upon. So it's the designer can build upon that and know that they're going to get what they wanted, but also the the dealer can have 
something to build upon. You know, I look at just what's happened in the last couple of years. A lot of the guys that may be listening to this uh, podcast, the reason they're listening is because their brand has gone into a hardware chain um, that has really got them concerned. And so it would be like me saying the hardware store that's in my local market is bringing Norberg paints into it and diluting Norberg paints down. Why do I want to continue to put myself to that? I need to find something that, as I invest into it, gives me a long-term control and growth and stability that is going to stay with me. And so what is it, uh, Stuart, that that you feel gives you that in C2, that you don't have that in other manufacturers? Is it the structure of the company or what? what is it that makes you feel like you're going to have more control in a year or five years or 10 years? Well, I think, number one, you got a brand that is exclusive to you. It's not going to be more people, you know, in a close range that's going to be using your product. But some people can argue, well, okay, paint, paint, it's premium or whatever. But the colors themselves and the uniqueness, because that's what we've run into is that when we brought C2 in, and we made it very pointed that if a decorator or a customer picks out a C2 color, we're not going to color match it. One reason is because why would we want to put it into another brand that we carry? Second is that um, the way their color system is set up, they're extremely difficult colors to match um, because of the, the color saturation, how the the uh, tints are, and also um, as far as how many colors that are going in it to create that color. And so you're so let me why, interrupt you for a second. You're saying you won't color match it. In other words, you've got a C2 rack, a customer comes in and says, give me this color right here and points to one of the C2 colors and they say, well, I don't want to pay $55. Can you give it to me in something less expensive that you may sell? And your answer to them is no, these colors are only available in C2. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Because the thing is, you've got customers, so a decorator, um, yeah, they want the best product out there or they want good representation, but they selected a color. And if that color doesn't match, who's responsible for it? And so that's where right now as a decorator and if she's picking out all the colors for uh, a home and that customer, and then when they come back and they hold the color chip up and it's like, well, it's not even close you know, to what we thought it was going to be. I don't want to be the one to fall into that um, because these decorators get very very particular, which I don't blame them. Right. And it's not a great representation for your brand, obviously, to give somebody a color different. Your brand is Norberg Norberg Paints, and you give somebody a color that they're not looking for. Exactly. And I think that's where, for those that are listening to this, and you're looking at, you know, if I'm going to add a line, are you adding a line or are you looking for a way to reinforce what you've invested so many years of your hard work into your company? And that's where C2 partners with you, supports you. And it's, it's, a, it's a much stronger relationship because, again, it's dealers that are running this. Um, we're all invested into it. So it gives us a much stronger picture of where this goes and, and to control it and stuff. And, and so, Harry, let's talk a little bit about that. You said that uh, Greg just said that dealers are running this. Talk a little bit about what is C2? How is it structured as a company? So we can all understand a little bit what Greg meant when he said dealers are running it. The board of C2 is made up 
of a combination of C2 retailers and representation from PPG. We have the majority of that board. So the decisions, both in terms of product, product quality, color, distribution, have all been created and enforced by other retailers. So when we talk about, for example, exclusive marketplaces, when Stuart works for the next 10 years at growing the C2 brand in Sioux Falls and the retailer wants to jump on that bus that Stuart competes with, the answer is no. No, that's not going to happen because what we feel strongly about is the best way for us to grow our company is with people like Stuart. And he really made, I think, the most salient point which is, I think there's a dividing line. On one side of that dividing line, there are independent retailers who believe that the manufacturer that they have in their store for paint is the reason that they're in business. On the other side of that line are independents like Stuart and Greg and myself who believe that we are in business because of our store brand, first and foremost. And when you're in that position. So if you're a retailer and you feel like you're an independent, independent, and that your store brand, you and your staff have created the business environment and have the relationship with your clients, then C2, if you have the audience for a very high quality product line that has amazing color work to support it, is something that you can grow with because of the company structure. So decisions are made by retailers and they're made for independent retailers, which is, you know, everyone operates out of enlightened self-interest. So when another manufacturer adds another layer of distribution because they need more, that fits that manufacturer's needs. When we choose to not add layers more because we want to protect Stuart and everyone else. That's how this grows is for those independents who say, you know what, I need a part of my business. We talked in the last podcast about C2 is a second line and an ideal second line. So you want to draw national brand and then the control of C2. That's they really are a hand in glove tip. So it's not really just about the paint. I, I think I hear a lot of pride in the quality of the paint you guys are making. So I don't want to take attention from that. But I, I think I'm really hearing it's it's not just about the paint. Is that right? The the thing that you're running into right now was number one, so with this brand, yeah, it is a it has a lot to do with the paint because you you don't want some low grade product out there. Um, but it's paint, it's color. If you're looking at the way the market has changed, you know, in the last 10 years with Pinterest, with um, so much color is put on the Internet that people are picking color way before they're picking product. Right. Um, so having a brand that's got great color but then also has good, good product behind it. Um, but, again, the other part is the brand. And I... I think guys have really got to focus on you own a business. That is your brand. And I, I know I'm being redundant on 
some of the discussion. But I hear what you're saying. If um, if you don't mind me interrupting, I I hear what you're saying. It's a strong message. C2 is almost for the uber independent, the people who really think it is me. I am the business and I don't want anything really taking away from that. I only want things that are adding to that. And you guys have decided that C2 adds to you without taking away from your individual brands. Is that sum it up well? Exactly. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. And so uh, who is sort of the prototypical C2 dealer? Who are the dealers around the United States? And I don't mean by name, I mean by description. Who are the dealers around the United States who are succeeding with C2? What are What is unique or different about them? Is it their, their markets uh, that they're in or is it a particular level of engagement of the owner? What do you think stands out, uh, Harry, as, as what makes for a successful C2 dealer? Well, several things. You, you need to be in a demographic with a component of that demographic having a higher end. You know, C2 does not work in a, a low-income market. You need to have staff that's engaged, not order takers, not people who just process orders, but interface with clients. And, you know, to, to go back to Stuart's observation, uh, I think it really works best when a retailer believes that the reason that their store exists is because of themselves and their forefathers, if it's multi-generational, their staff, the level of community involvement, you know, the, the, the I think it's a lot of us who are listening. I think a lot of us fit that profile who believe that the reason that they succeed is because of the effort that they have put in and the product that they've chosen. I mean, our customers go into our stores and we're much smaller than the big box stores, which can be a huge advantage. It has some disadvantages, but our clients like a smaller environment where we've pre-selected for them what we feel is best. Right. And and so so, uh, so C2 helps uh, the dealers that that take it in, helps them maintain their independence. And so if it's if it's not a brand uh, like some of the national brands that bring in business with them, how otherwise can it be used in your store to fill in for for some of the things that you have that are designed to bring business in the door? Do you use it to increase your margins? How are you how are you positioning it in the stores themselves uh, to take best advantage of C2? So first of all, the, the margins are, are very strong. I, I think what people need to understand about C2 is that every part of this has been put together by independent retailers for independent retailers. So the idea of strong margins, well, that's essential for us to remain in business. It's also important to us that we have enough room around us so that we can develop a market. So this idea of of select distribution or exclusivity, however you want to put this, you know, we don't believe, for example, that there is any fairness in setting up dealers than stacking more dealers in between them. And going further than that, bringing in another channel, which further populate, you know, I, I mean, 
we, we, none of us should be in the position where we can look out our front windows and see two competitors down the street or across the road that are carrying the same goods that we are. That doesn't work for independence. Yeah. So, so every part of what we've done, whether it's the color work, whether it's the distribution part, whether it's the quality of the product, the quality of the tools, the uniqueness of the tools that, that we've developed for this, all of this adds up to being, you know, and, and, and C2 is not this delicate little doll, okay, um, for necessarily just for designers. This is a hard-working, serious paint line for serious paint professionals. And so, Stuart, so if, if it, you has, don't, it has a broad appeal to, to into the marketplace. If you don't mind me me cutting you off there, Greg. So, Stuart, I think in the prep you had said that you sell a lot of C2 to the painters. Is that right? Yeah, we do. I think one of the, and again, kind of a drawing card, which there's a lot of people that say, oh, you know, I can get, you know, a something to paint my, my millwork or do something there. We've got uh, a painting contractor that um, we started with the uh, cabinet and trim product, and he's just got a shop that's all he's doing now. goes through hundreds of gallons of the product because he loves the way it works. And um, it's not because we had to be the low-priced guy. It's just how it performs, the hardness, the flow. Um, so we're selling that to... I'd even go a step farther than just the painter, but it's in a shop environment um, that they're doing it. I've got this past year quite a few new homes. Um, the whole house is done with C2 products. Um, in, they've been high-end houses, uh, granted, but I've got people that they're, they're taking it to whatever level. So it's, it's well accepted by the painters here. I've had no, no one say, oh, that's just, doesn't seem like any difference, you know, as far as the other products. And usually, and, when they get it in their hand. And to the residential repaint painters, have you had you know what what I would typically call in New York what we used to call pot and brush guys? I don't know if anybody else used that term. But uh, to the residential repaint or the pot and brush guys, has there been uh, acceptance in your stores of the lines? Yeah, and I don't know if you're still addressing it to me, Stuart. Yeah, but, Stuart. Sorry. Um, no, it's it's accepted that way. Actually, so. One of the primers, the SAP primer, actually has all of a sudden switched. Now I've got guys that aren't using the finish coat from C2, but the primer, they're using the primer um, because they just love that that primer. And they know if they've got a, a tough area, adhesion-wise, that product is going to bite down. So all of a sudden, that is another, just one particular area that people are coming in just on the primer themselves. Now, again, they're going to top coat with maybe a different brand, but you've got these certain pieces that start coming out and people like them more than whatever else is offered. So let me ask uh, all three of you to chime in on this. Harry, why don't you go first? Because we are getting a little bit towards the towards the end of our time. And, and I know that we had said earlier that we wanted to spend some time talking about how do, how do people become a, a C2 dealer. So Harry, why don't we start with you? Talk a little bit about uh, sort of the cost of entry and you know get specific if you're, if you're comfortable. What's involved in getting started with you guys? Well, C2 has a very easy in program. It's $20,000. For that, you get uh, a take-home check 
rack, rack and the uh, Clorob B300 dispenser. You would get inventory, obviously, with dating. And so it, you know, to get started, it really is a uh, very easy in program. And so it sounds to me like $20,000, Harry, gets you about $12,000 or $13,000 worth of paint, and then the rest comes in, the value of the color center, as well as the tint machine. Does that sound about right? Yeah, that's just about right, yep. So Um, the the value, actually, of the the core-up is $11,000. The value of the chip rack is $10,000. So you're actually starting out ahead of the game. Right. And um, Greg, in terms of- yeah, you, you, you receive $20,000 in inventory that you then sell. Okay. The Korob and the chip rack are provided additionally to that. So, ah. so really you're, you're receiving approximately $40,000 worth of value. I guess you could say, okay. Of which 20,000 is inventory, which you, you then will quite happily sell at, at strong margins. And that inventory, uh, that inventory can be tailored to location, or do you guys have a standard package? Yes, we, we have we have a standard package that we suggest to people, but it's absolutely customizable. Right, and so for example, uh, Greg, if if you recall, when I had stores, they were in New York. Uh, we sold very little outdoor paint. Is there a, re- a requirement on the part of of you guys to have any sort of representation? Nope. So every dealer is free nope. to make their own decisions. Correct. And so if a dealer yeah. was interested in, in finding out more about how to become a C2 dealer, how would they how would they go about the business of doing that? Well, they can certainly call our C2 office. Uh, Tom Hill, our president, would be happy to speak with them. If, if they have a PPG rep uh, that calls on them, uh, they, they would be able to, to start them through the process. You know, people could simply go on to the C2 website and see dealers that they probably know some C2 dealers. Give us a call, right? Uh, just reach out and, and get a bit more information and a more, more comfort with this. It's, and what is that website address? It just, just C2 Paint, C2Paint.com. C2Paint.com. So you want to write that down if you're listening at, uh, in the car Come back, notice the time on the on the podcast where we are, and come back and and give a listen to that spot and and write that down and and get in touch with them for information, and and so you would you would get in touch with your local rep, and then from there it would be a you know a very a typical sort of experience, correct? In terms of taking in any any paint line, the you place your order, the paint shows up, you generally get you know six months or so to pay for it, and and you're in business, is that right? Yes, it's, yeah, it's in that case, it's actually 12, 12 equal payments. You have a year date right? Uh, in 12, 12 equal payments. So I'd say it's a very pain-free in the relative scale. You know, bringing in a new paint line is always a big deal. Yeah, it's but, a pain uh, in the butt. It's Mark, a pain in the butt. Into this. this is Stuart. When, um, as we're talking about bringing in C2 as a product line, and for those listening and they're sitting there thinking, okay, so I'm talking interior wall paint, sweat sheens, primer. One of the things that was actually, we started off with the C2 Guard product, which is a, an exterior semi-transparent water-based stain. We just couldn't find anything that would stand up very long. And so we started off with the C2 Guard, which can be incorporated into this as part of that order. <laughs> You'd be, that will jump off the shelves 
and for those that have struggled with trying to find a good water-based semi-transparent stain mm-hmm. C2 guard, again, it's a self-seller, but the whole package of trying to get a, someone that wants to get into C2, very minimal investment. You're getting all your products and you're getting all the support to sell that brand. Plus, you've got these products like the C2 guard, the SAP primer, the cabinet and trim that are all these pieces that add into it, which just draw people into want to look at the line more besides the colors. Right. And it sounds like you've got some core products that would be very easy to sell, sort of, no matter what the makeup of your business is. We all sell, you know, white goods. We all sell white semi-gloss. We all sell uh, white primers and even white specialty purpose primers. And so it, it sounds like a lot of what comes in could be put in the category of, of just sort of easy movers. And, and then you're, you're sort of up and running. You're in business. And so I'm, I'm actually on your website right now, uh, just because we were talking about it uh, earlier about how to become a C2 dealer. If you go to the website, and I think Greg gave the address earlier, it's c2paint.com. If you go to the website and click on the retailer tab, there's a become a C2 retailer tab that you can drop down and they'll ask for some information and get you going with that. So we, we're getting to the end of our time. Harry, is there anything in specific that you could think of that, that we didn't get to uh, that you'd really like to make sure that dealers hear about before we sign off for the day? I think that the ancillary benefit of C2 is like the ancillary benefits of All Pro or other co-ops where, you know, when you're in C2, you're with other like-minded retailers, but in a much more focused way. You know, All Pro is fantastic in that way. You know, you meet the best of the best. You know, that is really in our world where I think the best retailers reside. But when you get to know other retailers like Stuart and Greg, they can add so much value to your business. And you're focused because you're doing a paint brand together that you share ideas. And it's in a similar vein to the, the ancillary value of All Pro. I find C2 to be that, and even because it's a smaller group at the moment, it won't always be this way, but it's really beneficial to have other like-minded retailers to interface with. I always feel a lot smarter when I talk to these other folks. That was always my feeling when I was, uh, when I owned my stores, we were in all pro, as you know, Harry, that's how you and I met. I I yep. o- always felt like when when we went to the shows I I always felt like everybody in the room seemed to know more than me and I just enjoyed that shut up and listen sort of sort of opportunity you know and and I guess it sounds like you guys do maybe some sort of yearly show or or board meetings or something where where you get that opportunity we do and you know it's uh you know it's it's great to not have to stop talking about paint until your spouse is kicking you under yes. the table. Uh, <laughs> yes, we've all had you know, that experience. We've all had that experience. Yeah, we are that way. But you know, it's what you know, it's what makes us special is that we really love what we do, and you know, to be able to have a voice in what we do is really a it's a cool thing. And it's you know, it's why C two has worked as well as it's worked is it reflects the best thoughts of a group of independents, and I think. When you've got that dynamic going, you've got a lot going on. Greg, do you want to uh, give in any final thoughts? Anything that you feel like we might have missed? Yeah, you know, I, I think that there is a lot of change that is happening and is about to happen 
in the paint business. And there are a lot of people that are quite concerned about what those changes might mean for their companies. And well, they should be worried. I think that C2 is a very good answer for at least some of those retailers to what what potentially they're going to be facing in, in the years ahead. We're independent, running a very independent brand. And uh, I, people would do well, I think, to, to give this a fair look. Very well said. And, and Stuart, anything you feel like we missed that you want to add in here at the last second? No, I just echo, you know, change is happening. Change is going to happen. I, um, I look at a picture of our first store back in 1885, and there's a sign on the side of the building that says Mound City Horseshoe Paint. Wow. Well, we don't sell horseshoe paint anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the business has changed. Right. If we would have stayed with just that company and the horseshoe paint, we wouldn't be around. We are in control of our, our future as much as we invest in it. And so if you sit back and you think it's going to take care of itself, you need to, the first step is you need to get active in, in investing in your future. And I think this is a great company to do that with. Well, that great is brand. very, very well said, Greg, and a great way to end it. So uh, Harry Adler of, of Adler's Design Center, uh, and hardware, Greg Stebby of Walls Alive in Calgary, Alberta, and Stuart Norberg of uh, Norberg Paints in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Thank you very much for joining me today. Uh, I really enjoyed the time with you, and I hope people take the opportunity and go to c2paint.com and see what you guys are all about. And thanks very much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Mark My Words podcast. I'm your host, Mark Lipton, and we will see you the next time.